Hello and welcome to the latest episode of Social Justice Matters, a podcast from Social Justice Ireland. My name is Suzanne Rogers and I'm a research and policy analyst with Social Justice Ireland. As regular listeners will know at this point, we release three different types of podcasts. Our SJI 10-minute lesson series aims to educate and inform listeners on a particular area of policy, giving a brief overview of somewhere in the range of 8 to 15 minutes and hitting on the key points that people need to know. Our SJI interview series where we chat to experts on a range of policy areas and our seminar series which provides opportunities to listen back to some of the most important presentations of past events. This is one of those. In today's episode we take a look back to last month and our annual social policy conference where Philippe Pochet, General Director of the European Trade Union Institute, looks at possible scenarios in a post-Covid Europe. We hope you enjoy it. Philippe Pochet is the Director General of the European Trade Union Institute, is Professor at the University Catholique de Louvain and Associated Researcher at the Inter-University Research Centre on Globalisation and Work. Prior to becoming Director of the ETUI in 2008, he was Director of the Observatory Social European for 16 years. He is interested in and has published extensively books and articles on European social and economic policies, European social dialogue and new forms of governance. He is currently working on issues on the impact of climate change and digitalization on jobs and seeking how to combine the analysis of these big trends. Uh, Philippe, you're very welcome and um, we'll hear your presentation now. Thank you, uh, Mick, and uh, thank you for inviting me. I'm very happy to be uh, here and uh, to share the this uh, slot with Anne, and uh, if you remember, we were together uh, last year in Palermo. It seems to be a completely different world uh, now that we have to, to do our present, presentation uh, by, by Zoom. And as you, you said, some of the research uh, I, I did in the past, my first research was about Ireland, what I, I finished my studies. Uh, it was uh, uh, 83, 84. Uh, and uh, Ireland, the situation was dramatic at, at that time. People were moving to US, to, uh, to uh, Australia, to UK to find a job and, and young people. And, and that really, was really my, my first research uh, on Ireland. And then I returned to your country uh, with the, the story of social pact in 97, uh, 2000, 2010. I coordinate books on social pact. And, uh, the Irish social pact, uh, and, and you are part of, uh, was so important and so uh, also uh, giving a, a good example at that time for other attempt to, uh, to, to strike a social pact uh, in Europe. Uh, so that's the, uh, I will use that in my conclusion on social pact to, to give you some, some reflection, but basically what, what I would like to do is uh, three parts. And the first part is a reflection where we are uh, at European level, because I'm a specialist of European level. What are, are, are the challenges and what is at stake in the current uh, period? Uh, secondly, I, I would like to develop four scenarios for the future. And I, I think that uh, we all share that we hope that uh, one of the scenarios the good one will uh, be the one that we will follow collectively. But uh, I think it's important to see the alternative and not the so rosy alternative that we, we could have uh, from the, the, the COVID crisis. At least I hope it helps us collectively 
to face uh, uh, some of the challenges if we are not following uh, a more green and social uh, future. And finally, uh, as the title of, of this uh, meeting conference, uh, to have some reflection to social pact, social contract for, for, for the future. Uh, but let's start with the, the EU level. And what is fascinating here at the EU level, I think if you think what is the, the EU, what is different in the EU, I think it's from the national state. I think, I think there is three uh, distinctive features. The first one is this really freedom of movement. Uh, Europe was created since the Treaty of Rome on the idea of freedom of movement, first of workers, and uh, secondly, uh, of all the citizens. I, I speak internally. Uh, and, uh, second uh, uh, idea uh, which characterizes Europe is the euro. And we are the uh, only uh, experiment when we have a uh, uh, a common currency without solidarity, without the political union, uh, I, 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 in the past never existed, and when it exists, uh, didn't last uh, so long. So that second uh, really clear feature is the 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 the, the, the creation of a monetary union, and the third one was all the uh, policy uh, around the state. Uh, and the, to, to control what the state can, uh, or can the state help companies or help sectors or, or uh, fund some uh, public services. And I think these three elements characterize what is different in Europe. What is the, the three main pillar, I said, three main pillar of the European integration. And what is interesting with COVID is the three pillar were completely challenges. And I think that we have to think about that and see uh, what uh, could be the, the next step. And, and the first one is the, 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 the free movement uh, of people, of citizens. And the first phase of, of the COVID was for me a rather fascinating when you had new border. And we consider that uh, uh, a foreigner, which I mean for Belgium could be someone from the Netherlands, from Luxembourg, from France, from Ireland, uh, which should be a fellow citizen, uh, should have different uh, right to enter the territory. And we close the border. And that's interesting because uh, that's the, the, the pillar of the construction, the kind of obsession, including by the, the Court of Justice, about free movement. And after 60 years, we should have thought that we are a common space when we will consider that if you are coming from another country, you should enter the territory uh, because you have the same right. It was not at all what happened. It was really closing territory. And closing territory, uh, I, I, I think, changed completely this idea of uh, freedom of movement. And now it seems to be a, a little bit more relaxed, uh, a little bit uh, easier to, to move. You have just to understand what is green, orange, uh, yellow, uh, and red, and to see what are the, the consequences. But I, I think that's a question uh, all we consider at European level uh, for the future, the other citizen. And the crisis, the COVID crisis, uh, gave us a, a lesson that perhaps we don't consider the other uh, as uh, 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 an equal, but as a danger. 
uh, if the, there is a continuation of the pandemic or another uh, pandemic. And we are ready to close the border. And I think it's important because the story will not stop with the vaccine uh, or, or in the next months. It, it will be also, or we open or not the external border. What, what we will consider uh, what we have to, to protect. And if you see uh, the situation in China, and I will return to China in my different scenario, uh, you, you can see that they have closed the border. They solved the problem internally. You have still a, a free movement within the, the, the Chinese province. But you, you cannot enter China, or very difficultly. At least in Belgium, you cannot enter uh, due to the situation in, in Belgium. So I think we have to think about the border and all the COVID change, the perception of who is the other and what will, be, will happen in, in the future. Uh, the second point is linked to the, the EMU, and I, I work a lot of, on the EMU and the social side and the asymmetrical shock and uh, all that we had uh, at the end uh, uh, in, in the previous crisis. And, and, and there we, we have also a complete change because who from the left could have uh, thought that the, the stability and growth pact will be suspended? Okay, in your dreams. We say, okay, we would like to have that, but uh, we knew that it would be very difficult uh, and that there is no uh, political coalition to support that. But uh, with the COVID, it's kind of basic uh, of uh, the EMU that you cannot have debt, that you have the, the stability growth pact is something that the German will never abandon and will keep uh, until... Uh, until the end or until the, uh, a lot of, of, of different fights, uh, where one night uh, uh, stopped. And now it seems that the debt has no importance. If we compare the, the previous crisis and this crisis, I, 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 in Belgium we have a huge level of debt and we are used uh, to, to have one other person, but no, uh, I think we have 20% more, but nobody is not part of in the political debate and in none of the country is, is really at the center of, of the political uh, debate. It seems that uh, because the interest rates are, are very low, there is no problem uh, with the debt. And I will return to, to that because it is a sea change, I think. Or it's per perceived. We don't know if it will continue, but uh, could have uh, adverse consequences if we uh, don't pay uh, enough attention now about the, 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 the risk, or at least, or it could be utilized uh, in a, a, a near future. And uh, equally, we, we have new instrument at European level, sure, to uh, loans to help the uh, unemployment insurance. Yes, it's loans. Uh, yes, it is completely imperfect. No, not all the countries are there. It's not redistribution, it's not stabilization, but it's the first time that we have something at European level uh, which is supposed to help. Uh, I'm not sure it will help, but it's supposed to help uh, the, the uh, national finance and the countries and is direct in, uh, to the unemployment. Uh, system, which is also a sea change. There is a debate with the, within the the, uh, the 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 people following the social challenge of the uh, EMU uh, about we should have a kind of a European insurance uh, uh, reinsurance system for the uh, unemployment because of, of the risk 
uh, of being in a monetary union was already in the debate in the 90s. And now we have the, the first step. The same with the budget. Uh, and here it's no longer loans, it could be grant. Yes, it's not enough. Uh, yes, there, there is still problem uh, with Poland and Hungary, but it's also a sea change in the discourse about what is the EMU, what are, we are building. What is not sure uh, is that it will last, because we know there is some countries uh, that say, okay, it's for two or three years, it's not a structural change. But I think when we compare with the, the crisis uh, of uh, 2008, is completely different. And uh, as you mentioned, and the, the kind of the German, uh, the approach of the German is radically different and so surprisingly different because nobody expected that, that they were so open and they will consider that what is at stake is the European project uh, and then to, to move from this kind of obsession uh, they had uh, about the, the, the monetary union. And the last one is the all the, the state aids uh, that, that uh, was uh, completely relaxed. Yes, for sure, it helps uh, some uh, airlines company or, or uh, company that will not like that uh, they should not necessarily receive uh, some aids. But when, uh, once again, it's a sea change in the perception of what Europe can do or not do. Uh, before there was discussion, could uh, a local uh, authorities subsidize some public transportation? Yes or no? I think the, the conversation uh, from now will be or should be uh, completely uh, different. So my first point is we enter at European level in a different world, in a, a world which there is different opportunities on state aids and EMU. There is risk, I think, on the free movement of people, of citizens, as it was shown. But we have perhaps to rethink what is possible to have at European level and how we can fix the step forward at European level and be sure that we will not return to uh, normal in a few months or, or two or three years. And from there, I would like to, uh, to develop uh, four, uh, four scenarios. Uh, and uh, the first one uh, is the return to austerity, exactly the contrary of what I said. Uh, the, seg the, the second one is what I, I say, uh, the Chinese path is kind of protective authoritarian states. Uh, the third one would be expense at all costs, kind of neo-Keynesianism without green, uh, but la belle époque, okay, there is no future, let's spend. And, and the fourth one uh, would be the, the, the green and social transition. But the green and social transition, I, I insist, is one of the my scenario. It's not the most probable. We all, I think, hope that will be the scenario, but let's examine the, the, the other one. Uh, the return of austerity, as I, I said, I'm so surprised that uh, even the liberal uh, uh, and ECFIN and the ECB say oh, that is not a problem. But wh what will happen when uh, the, 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 the situation will be normalized, let's say, uh, 22, and we will discover that uh, most of the country have increased their debt by 30%. I'm rather sure that we will have, and we, we see already some part of the discourse to say, okay, now it's time to repay the debt. 
and it's time to repay the debt by austerity. They will call that perhaps differently. But the social forces that were for the austerity uh, 15 years ago and uh, that dominate the landscape uh, since uh, Reagan and Thatcher uh, are, have not disappeared with the COVID. Uh, they don't express and they, they are not part of the main narrative, but they have not disappeared. And uh, uh, as uh, Colin Crouch uh, said, there is a strange non-debt of neoliberalism, the last crisis. And if you, we return to the, the situation uh, in, uh, in 2008, in 2008, we had also the, the idea that uh, the, we, we can have a kind of green Keynesianism, that we can go out of the crisis and, and have a, a, a very different uh, path and that the left uh, will win. And what happened, and I think that's important to remember, uh, it's in 2011, in 2012, uh, most of the, the government in Europe were on, on, on the right side, center and right side. You had 23 uh, uh, government in 2012 who were in the centre-right or, or on the right side of the political spectrum. And that's also something that we have to think, or we can avoid to return to this pathway to austerity. The second one is the Chinese pathway. It's a kind of mix of authoritarianism and protection. It's okay. Uh, pandemic is there. I can protect you, but there is a cost uh, for public uh, uh, freedoms, public liberties. Uh, uh, but if you accept that, then we will uh, be efficient and protect you against the risk. And I think that's, uh, that if you see the situation and uh, you compare, for example, the, the situation in the US uh, before the new president uh, and in China, uh, that's clear that the situation is under control in China and not under control for a long time uh, in the uh, US. So do, you can have this kind of discourse that we have already in, uh, with the, in some of the countries, Poland, uh, Hungary, but not only there, to say, okay, let's say I have a trade-off that kind of more uh, authoritarian, more control and uh, also... Uh, uh, artificial uh, using the artificial intelligence to control what we are doing, but in exchange you will be protected and you will be protected uh, against the COVID. But you could be also protected, and then we return to who is the other. You can be protected against the other, uh, and the other could be uh, outside of Europe, but could be inside of Europe uh, too. Uh, the 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 fourth one, uh, the third one, is the um, the the scenario that we we. Uh, uh, go to to spend uh, and uh, uh, we say okay that's uh, return to normality but normality the difference from this scenario and the first one is that you don't have necessarily uh, austerity we spend we, we 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 decide that to return to grow we have to spend and if you look to the discourse it's all the discourse are we have to have a huge growth next year. So we have to spend. Why are you not spending and, and buying clothes? Why are you spending and not uh, uh, going to the restaurant or traveling uh, again? And, and that would be a, a kind of new normality that we have to, to spend to have growth and growth uh, is supposed to reduce the, the debt. But uh, uh, the risk with this scenario, if it 
if it doesn't work, you can say at one point, it's because you have not enough flexibility, it's because uh, the, the wage are too high and you return to the austerity uh, scenario. And I finish with the, the, the last scenario, which is the, the scenario uh, for uh, a green uh, and social uh, future. And uh, it seems to be uh, the right scenario, but it will not be easy. And it will not be easy because you have to do that in a period uh, when the unemployment rate will be high. This year is uh, still under control, but next year, when the, most of the measure uh, supporting the, the short-term uh, work will disappear, you will have an increase of unemployment. So you, you have to take difficult decisions about the, the economic structure uh, uh, at, the, uh, at the moment when the situation will not be uh, so rosy, and, and I, I think will uh, create more difficulty uh, than uh, if you were in, in a normal um, situation. So in this situation, it's not about uh, the, the, the question of core or of minor. For me, it's the question for the, 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 the key example is the, the car industry, because the, the coal miner in Europe, uh, the, more or less there is a half a million of people working in, in, in the mine, which is the statistical error uh, in the, the workforce at European level. But if you take the, the car industry, it's 12 to 14 million, uh, all in all, uh, working that. What is the future of the car industry if we go to, to green, uh, uh, most probably, uh, if we want to avoid to have traffic uh, jam in electric car, it will be uh, much less car uh, and then uh, much more uh, unemployment in that uh, sector. So that, that's changed uh, the, the perspective. And with this perspective, I think that we have to highlight two key points. The first one is the reduction of working time. If we go for the first scenario, you cannot go for the first scenario without having some reflection about working time and the reduction of working time. There, that was, what is interesting is that IG Metall, uh, the main trade unions in Europe, uh, decide uh, to, to uh, fight for uh, uh, the reduction of working time. And now the, the negotiator uh, yesterday in one of the, one of the, the key regions decided of a huge majority to endorse the, the uh, reduction of working time as a key target uh, of, the, uh, of the trade union. But I, I think that uh, the link between this scenario and the working time reduction should be uh, really uh, riffing. Uh, the second one is about globalization and deglobalization. And I think here uh, that's clear that in the scenario that we, we want to like, uh, to support, uh, to have a, a, a new social a, a, and green contract, uh, we have to speak about trade and we have to, to speak about globalization. And, and uh, we have to, to see how we can reduce the, the exchange uh, in a way. What is important here is that you can have two kinds of deglobalization. You can have a deglobalization, uh, what I call a competitive one. So you, you still... Uh, try to uh, have more share of, of market uh, in other countries, or you, are, you can have a cooperative one. The cooperative one is the one who will have the same goal, to reduce the emission of CO2. But you, you will do that 
region by region in cooperation. And I think that uh, is the start of a reflection, but we have to think uh, about what is the future of trade, what is the future of regional block, and all we avoid to have a three competitive uh, block uh, uh, fighting to be more competitive uh, and instead to have the um, some cooperation. And I, I, I finish, I think I, I'm still few minutes to, to finish to, to think about uh, the next step. The, the situation is changing at European level. There is different scenario. The one that uh, I suppose most of you uh, is supporting is not so easy, but uh, need to, to have some uh, in-depth uh, reflection. But what could be uh, the, the next step linked to the social contract, which is the theme of this conference. And I think for, for the, 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 this theme of, of green transition, uh, there is two ways uh, forward, and both are interesting, but I will develop uh, only one. Uh, one is that you have to politicize that. And then the future, you, you need to have tension. You have to have a clear project, which is this transition. And you have to construct the fight uh, because inequalities. Uh, you will uh, not ha have a change if you accept so huge inequalities that we have now and increasing uh, inequalities uh, even uh, since the, the, the start of, of the COVID. And if you uh, take this way, uh, that's clear that with inequalities, uh, you uh, you will have a fight because that, that uh, Bezos will not say, okay, I want to be uh, taxed at 95%. Uh, that's one way. The other way, and I finish with that, is to create some consensus uh, and is to go beyond just transition because just transition, I think it's interesting as a concept. It's so interesting that people can uh, uh, support that from different, but it's not enough. I think what we have to, to think if we want to have a, a new consensus is kind of new social contract or a new social pact because we have to rebuild something which is not depending of the election. It's something, a contract that we will last for the, the next decade that we agree. As in many countries, we had such contract after the second war. Each time there is a war, you have a kind of new contract uh, between the different forces which means that you need to have multiple conversation and partnership. And that, I think, what was interesting in the social pact in Ireland, because you have the third sector, NGOs, trade unions, uh, uh, employers, you had this or, or already this transition to, to tradition to have this interesting conversation between different forces. And I, I think that, and I finish with that, is that the, 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 the way forward? And the way forward is not only conversation, but innovations. So exploring uh, a new way of, of working. And once again, uh, from what I know from the social pact in the past, because you stopped uh, with the previous crisis in Ireland, there was a lot of discussion about innovation uh, in the different group of social pact. So perhaps in the future, some experience you had in the past, which were uh, successful, could be a reusing yeah. thing uh, for the future. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you for listening to this podcast. I hope you found it useful. If you want to know more about how Ireland is progressing towards the Sustainable Development Goals compared to our EU15 peers, you can download our Sustainable Progress Index from our website www.socialjustice.ie. Come back again soon for more 10-minute lessons and other podcasts in our interview and seminar series. 
And if you have any ideas for future podcasts, feel free to email us at secretary at socialjustice.ie with your suggestions.